This is Linux Reality, Episode 38, Useful Shell Commands, Part 2. Hello, everybody. This is Chess Griffin. Sorry that this podcast is late. I'll tell you about that in a minute. And you probably uh, are wondering, why useful shell commands? I thought you said you were talking about file managers. And I did say that. Uh, but I realized when I was thinking about it over the weekend that uh, I wanted to talk about Thunar, which is the new file manager for XFCE. And uh, since that's not in final form just yet, I think it's still in release candidate. I want to wait until that is final uh, before I have a chance to really uh, kick the tires with Thunar. I've used it a little bit, but just not that much. I've been waiting on XFCE to enter you know, final release before I install XFCE 4.4. So I will definitely be getting to file managers uh, in the near future, but uh, I'm just going to hold off on that. So I thought it would be kind of fun to do another episode on, on shell commands. I, the last one I did, episode 30, got I just got a lot of really great responses to it. I think people liked having, you know, just a bunch of little commands, little little tips uh, to, you know, to try out. So that's what I thought I'd do for this week. I've also got a couple, uh, well, let me tell you first about why the podcast is late. Um, I had it, uh, I had recorded, this is actually the second time I'm recording this. <laughs> I had it recorded the other day when I normally record uh, each episode, and I had everything uh, set up and ready to go, and I had listened to it, and everything was fine. And, uh, and then I just, I screwed up. Uh, I was doing some re-encoding and I just, I just wiped it all out. It was total user error, you know, error between the keyboard and the, and the chair. Um, just, I just dropped the ball on that one. So I had to, I had to, I'm, so I'm re-recording it. Um, uh, so hopefully it will turn out as well as the other one did. But, um, so that's what happened. So it's a little bit late, but you know, I really want to do one a week. That's my goal is to do one episode every single week without fail. And even in the week that I took off, you know, Pat from the Linux link tech show was kind enough to step in for a week. And so, you know, what I do take a week off, I'm hoping to get some people to do a guest episode. And that's not to say that there might be a week or two here or there that I take off with no episode, but that's really going to be the exception. So I'm really trying to stick to one a week. Um, Let's see, a couple other things here initially. First of all, uh, speaking of uh, Pat and the Linux Link Tech Show, those guys did a just a awesome interview of Patrick Volkerding. Uh, he's the uh, maintainer of Slackware Linux, and that was episode 164. It was last week. If you haven't heard it, you really got to go listen to it. It's about 90 minutes long, and it's just a really great interview. They asked great questions. They had some questions that they had been some, you know, that people from the community had had posted in their forums. So they asked some of those, including one or two of mine. So that was kind of neat. And it was just great to hear uh, Patrick talk. I've, you know, communicated with Patrick a couple times over the years here and there, and uh, struck up some conversations about various things. And it's he's just such a cool guy, and it comes across in his emails, and it really comes across in that in that uh, interview. He's just laid back, and he just does his thing. And I, you know, I think. You know, Slackware is not for everybody, and uh, you know there's, you know, things about it that some people just don't like, and that's, but that's, you know, you got to give the distribution and Patrick a whole bunch of credit. I mean, he's been doing it really long time, and and uh, I mean, I love Slackware, so it's, you know, I'm certainly partial to it. But if, anyway, if you haven't heard the interview, I definitely recommend checking it out. The other thing I wanted to mention here up front is that. Um, I do plan on doing an episode also in the near future on Fedora Core 6. I had a lot of requests for that a couple of months ago when I was doing those other distro re uh, reviews. And I wanted to wait until uh, 6 came out, just since that was going to be the newer one. And I have it downloaded and installed on a second partition on my laptop, the same laptop that I've been running Edgy on. 
And uh, so I'm going to keep playing with it, and so I'm going to do that in the near future as well. And speaking of edgy, I know last week I had said that things were going really great, and they still are. I know a lot of people have had upgrade issues with edgy. This was a clean install, so I didn't have that. But um, for the first few days, everything was great, and still everything is 95% great. But the one kicker is still the suspend. You know, I, I know that that uh, suspend to RAM is hard. And it works fine if I go up to the logout button, you know, and, and go to the logout screen and select suspend. It works fine. But I really would like to have, have it work when I close the lid. And that has worked fine in other distributions. And I've been able to, you know, hack up some scripts to do it uh, somewhat manually. But um, I'd, I'd love to have that just work out of the box every single time. But other than that, Everything is working really well. I've got Barrel on there, which is really cool. I found a, a how-to on how to do that. You just add some repos to the slash Etsy uh, uh, slash apt, uh, apt sources dot list file, and it's got Barrel, and Barrel is really cool. And, you know, this laptop just has the regular, you know, integrated Intel graphics. It's not very powerful. I mean, it doesn't have NVIDIA or, or ATI, and, and Barrel works fine, and it, and um I mean, it, it really works great. And the network manager has been working pretty well. There are a couple times it doesn't reassociate with my wireless access point, but for the most part, I think, you know, for the most part, it works just fine. So anyway, that's just to catch up on a few things and just a few quick, quick thoughts on some upcoming episodes. And with that, I think we should turn to the main segment of this week's episode, Useful Shell Commands Part 2. <laughs> Okay, I got another little collection of, of commands here that you all may like. And uh, this is going to be kind of short and sweet. You know, it's it's not too in-depth, but these are just uh, another, you know, a dozen or half dozen, you know, eight or ten commands that, that I tend to use that I find pretty helpful. So let's start off with DF, disk-free. And this one gives you a um, uh, an output of your mounted partitions and shows you the amount of free disk space you have, and uh, both in a percentage basis as well as like you know the number of gigabytes or whatever, and so that's that's pretty handy, pretty easy to remember. DF. Um, let's see, another one here that I use is WC, and WC stands for word count, and what this command does is it gives you well the word count of a file. Actually, it gives you more if you just do WC space you know file.txt. You'll see, I think, three sets of numbers come out. And I think the first one is the number of lines or the number of new lines. The second one is the number of words. And the last one is the number of bytes, you know, the size of the file, if you will. Uh, so that's, you know, that's kind of handy. It's, uh, you know, it's amazing because, you know, Microsoft Word has got, you know, a word count feature. And I remember when they added that or at one point over the years and they touted that as a big feature. But, you know, WC is just a really simple little <laughs> command line tool that does the exact same thing. Uh, another nifty little kind of a play sort of a command, uh, if you will, is cal, stands for calendar. And if you just type cal, you'll get a nicely formatted uh, calendar for the current month. You can also pass along a, a month and a year. I think it's cal, you know, 05, uh, 2006 would give you May 2006. I think that's the right convention for cal. Uh, along with cal, another command is date. Uh, just here, just D-A-T-E, prints out the current date and time. And then uh, clear is another command. Uh, uh, what it does is it clears your terminal, or if you you know if you're not in a graphical section session, if you're just in the in the you know in the bash shell proper, uh, it will it will clear it of course and, and take you to a you know the prompt will be in the upper left hand corner. 
nifty little trick with clear. Um, what I, I'm just, this is just the way I am, but you know, I, I know I've mentioned this before. I have my machines set up so they don't, when I boot them up, they don't boot right into a graphical session. They just boot to the prompt. And so then I log in as my user and type start X to start the, the X server and, and log into whatever desktop environment I'm using. And so when I, of course, log out of that desktop environment, it returns me to the, to the shell. Uh, and then so when I exit out of that, it takes me into, it takes me back to the original login prompt, you know, as if I had booted up the computer. But what I like is when I log out of that to get to that first prompt, I like to have the clean, the screen clear. So when I, you know, so you're left with a, just a clear screen with the prompt at the upper left hand corner. And some distributions do this out of the box, but some don't. And it's easy to add if you want to do it. In your home directory, you just add a hidden file. Uh, called dot bash underscore logout. And in that file, just put the word clear. Basically that file, any, any commands in that file will be executed when you log out. Uh, so I just have clear. I don't have any other commands. And then you save it. And the next time you, you log out of your session, you know, if you, if you boot up the way I do, the way I described, it will log out and you'll, the screen will clear and you'll be left with a prompt in the upper left hand corner. Very nice, neat and, uh, tidy. Just so. Anyway, uh, let's see. Let's look at my list here. Another one is who, W-H-U, uh, sorry, W-H-U, W-H-O, uh, shows you uh, the users that are logged in. And, you know, uh, if you're just on a single user system, that may not be too helpful. But it is kind of handy if you have a computer or if you have network and, you know, and you want to see who's logged in. Um, that's who. Who am I? Uh, we'll just print your username. Who is uh, is a command for the who is directory service on the internet. You know, if you look up domain uh, information, if you type in who is you know google.com, if you have the who is package installed, that will um, that will return the the who is uh, service information for that domain. You know, there's websites that do this. Obviously, you can you can go to through your browser and get the who is information, but it's really handy just to have it right in the terminal. Very very easy. Um, where is is a command that will report back to you all known instances of a command. So if you type in, you know, where is space Firefox, it will give you all the instances of the command Firefox that it finds in your system. Another very handy uh, command is cat, and that stands for concatenate. And uh, cat is often used to um, take the outputs or take take one file and and put them maybe append them to the end of another file or to combine files. For example, you could do cat space file1.txt and then two greater than signs and then file2.txt. And what that will do is it will append the contents of file1.txt to the end of file2.txt. You can also combine two files to create a new third file. So you could do cat uh, space file1.txt space file2.txt uh, greater than sign uh, file3.txt and it will put that put the contents of both of those files combine them into a new third file uh, so definitely get used to cat there's a lot of uses for it it's pretty handy and let's see um, wanted to wrap up these uh, commands with a with a small collection of printer commands I think it's I find it helpful sometimes to print from the terminal for various reasons and it's very easy to do. Um, LPR is the basic command for printing a file to the to the, your 
standard print queue. So you would just do LPR space file.txt would send that print, uh, send that text file to your, to your printer. If you have more than one printer, what you can do is you can pass the, the dash capital R switch, uh, and then the printer name and then the name of the file. So if you have more than one file, uh, it would be, is that, wait, let's see, that may, I think I may have that wrong. I think it's maybe dash P. I can't even read my own handwriting, uh, while I'm doing this on the fly. Let me check it out. Uh, man, LPR, uh, it's, uh, yeah, P, not R. <laughs> so LPR dash capital P and then the printer name and then the file name. Uh, you can, so you can specify a particular printer. So if you have more than one printer, you may be wondering, well, how do I figure out the names? And what you can do is you can type LP stat dash lowercase p and then space dash lowercase d. And that will give you a little listing of all the printers, whether they're local or networked, that are attached to your computer, like say through cups, for example. It will show you the printers, and then that's why, you know, when you go into CUPS and you configure a printer name, you know, in the optional sort of name section, you want to give it a nice lowercase, you know, no spaces uh, name, like I've got an HP 1300, so I just, my printer name is HP 1300, no big deal. And so it's very easy to pass that name along using the LPR dash capital P and then the printer name. So again, that's LP stat dash p dash d will give you a listing of all your printers uh lpq will print out the the print queue so if you've sent a bunch of print jobs and you've got a bunch of jobs in the queue um lpq will will show your uh show you all the jobs in the print queue now another uh helpful part with printers speaking of printers is is printing man pages this is something that i've done quite a bit uh you know, from time to time, it's, it's, you know, man pages are, re are really very helpful, but <clears throat> sometimes it's nice to be able to print them out and, and read them later. But if you just do, you know, you could just do, um, uh, you know, let's say you want to get the man page for the DF command, the disk free command. You could do man uh, space DF and then the pipe character, which as you may recall, takes the output and, and puts it in as the input to another command. So you could do man space DF pipe LPR dash capital P and then your printer, you know, your LP, you know, your printer name. That would be one way and that works fine. But the problem is it's not really formatted and there's like no margins and it's just all kind of crammed in there. You know, the man pages have really nice formatting. Uh, so, a, you know, another way to do that, uh, sort of a handier way is the following. You would type man dash T lowercase T DF or the, or the, you know, whatever command you want to get the man page for, and then the pipe, and then LPR space dash capital P, and then your printer name. And the dash T will format um, the, the man pages for printing, and it will just make it look a lot nicer. So, um, you know, for whatever that's worth, I have found that pretty handy. And, uh, you know, I print out uh, man pages all the time, so uh, you may want to do that as well. So I think that's about it uh, for this little short and sweet discussion of a, a bunch of little useful shell commands. I hope you enjoyed that. And we're going to get to a listener tip here. But first, let me play a promo. 
Listen to the Gadget Boys podcast weekly to hear our take on the latest in tech news. Every week, Jason and Eric will bring you gadget and DVD reviews, the free file of the week, listener feedback, and tons of website reviews. Feel like one of the boys and keep yourself informed. It's the Gadget Boys podcast with Jason and Eric. Visit www.gadgetboys.net. That's www.gadgetboys.net. To start, press any key. Where's the any key? I see Esk, Kataro, and Pigup. There doesn't seem to be any any key. Hi, Chess. It's Eric from Washington with a little listener tip. Recently, I had occasion to resize and move a riser FS partition from the end of one of my Linux disks to the middle of the Linux disk. And uh, I had a lot of trouble doing it through Gparted on my distribution. I tried several live CDs, including Ubuntu, Nopix, and PC Linux OS, and just couldn't get it to work. Don't know if I was doing something wrong, but after I did some more reading on the net, I found the Gparted live CD, downloaded the very small ISO, burned it to a disk, and booted with that. And it worked perfectly. Um, it handles a lot of different file systems, and uh, including NTFS, although I haven't tried that. So my recommendations are, number one, back up your data so that you can't hold me responsible. Number two, Try out the Gparted Live CD if you've got any disk maintenance tasks like moving, resizing, or adding partitions to a drive. I don't think you'll be disappointed. There's also a USB version available, although I haven't tried that as well. So um, thanks for such a great show. Uh, keep up the good work, and I look forward to your next podcast. I'm an oddcast. No, is that netcast? Anyway, thanks a lot. And when are we going to get some Linux reality T-shirts, man? Thanks. <laughs> well, thanks, Eric. Yeah, that's uh, well. First of all, that's a that's a great tip. Thanks for passing that along. Um, Gpart, it is great. I've used it many times. I haven't used it to resize NTFS partitions either, but uh, I have definitely used it to uh, do work on Linux partitions, and it's worked just great. I haven't had any problems with it, and uh, hasn't corrupted anything. So, I will put a link to the uh, Gparted live CD in the show notes. As to the uh, the the swag. <laughs> I, you know, it's funny you mention that because I've thought about putting something together, you know, just, I don't know, cafe press or something, you know, but here's the kicker and, and I, maybe I'll have to solicit some help here from the community. Uh, the, when I was first setting up the website, you know, I, I'm not a graphic artist. I can't, I mean, I can design websites, but I can't draw anything. So, um, the, the logo, you know, the globe, the orange and blue green globe that you see there on the main page, that is, a, I got that through a, like a stock, there's these websites that are like stock photos, stock images, and you know, you pay like a buck and you can like download an image and then you can use it on your website. And, and there's, iStock Photo is the one I use and it's for web designers so they can get stock images and stock photos. But the downside is, you know, the license is pretty restrictive and you can't use that image on t-shirts and whatnot and, and you know, you can't resell it without, I'm sure, paying them a bunch of money which I don't really want to do. So, you know, I don't know what to do. I was actually debating at one point whether to ask folks to see if people could come up with a new logo, you know, something similar maybe, or, you know, using maybe the same colors because that way I can kind of, you know, I could just drop in a new logo uh, without having to really change the color scheme of the entire website. So that would be kind of cool. Um, so, you know, if anybody out there wants to, uh, you know, take a shot at designing a new logo, I mean, I can't, you know, promise that I'll 
take it or use it, I mean, or whatever, but it would be cool to get, you know, get some thoughts uh, from people and, and, you know, if people who, I think we've got a lot of really skilled designers that are listening to the show, so if anybody feels like taking a crack at doing something that you think would be cool, just feel free to do it and post it in the forums or send me an email or, you know, whatever, that would, that would be pretty cool, so... Anyway, that's the story behind that. So as soon as I can get that thing lined up, you know, I, I'll, you know, put some put some swag up. I think that'd be kind of cool because I do, you know, this next year I want to uh, hopefully go to a couple, you know, Linux conventions. I was listening to the uh, Linux Link Tech Show guys talk about the Ohio Linux Fest, and that's one I definitely want to go to. And I'd like to be able to, you know, have a T-shirt or something like that. So that'd be kind of fun. All right, let's check out some listener feedback. Message for you, sir. Okay, let's see. Uh, first, this is all going to be uh, email uh, feedback. First one is from Keith, and Keith uh, wrote an email to follow up on the SSH uh, episode. He wrote, got an easier way to do what you explained in your last podcast. Have you used SSH-copy-ID? Check it out. From the users.ssh directory, colon, and he, this is the command he says to type, slash home, slash you, you know, username, slash dot SSH, and then the greater than sign, ssh-copy-id, space, dash, lowercase i, space, period, forward slash, id-rsa.pub, so in other words, the public key, space, user at host. And answer the and so he, then his email picks up. And answer the questions, and it takes care of everything for you. No need to do any cats or touches. Keep up the good work. Absolutely love the show. Always pick up a new trick or two. And that's from Keith. Well, Keith, that is awesome. I have come across this, but I've never used it. But what the way you describe it, um, it sounds so much easier. Basically, it looks like what Keith is saying here is you 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 go into the user's, you know, let's say you're on your your home machine, and you have a server somewhere else, and you want to put your public key up on that server. So what you would do on your local machine is you drop into your .ssh directory. Well, you'd, you'd open up a terminal and you'd type in what he said, slash home, slash user, slash dot SSH, greater than sign, SSH dash copy dash ID, and then space dash lowercase i, and then period forward slash, and then your public key. So in other words, ID dash RSA dot pub space, and then the SSH login credentials, you know, user at host, you know, your username at, and then your server name that you want to SSH into. And I guess what this does is it, it it takes care of copying your public key into the authorized keys file up on the server. So that's that's really cool. So thank you for that, Keith. That's really, that's really, really great feedback. I appreciate it. Okay, and the next one here is an email from uh, Tom. Tom writes, hey, Chess, just wanted to drop you a quick line. I'm a new Linux user having installed some different distributions as dual boot, but haven't gotten too far past that. I'm only in the teens with your episodes, but so far they have been great. You have done a good job with the basic explanations. I just finished the file structure episode. I have some questions, but I'm going to wait until I get through the rest of the episodes first. Keep up the good work. You have an excellent show. Uh, well, great. Thanks, Tom. I appreciate that. That's a great email. And, uh, you know, it's funny you mentioned that about that file structure episode. A lot of people have sent me emails about that. Uh, saying that they really enjoyed that particular episode and they learned a lot from it. So I'm, I'm really glad that you like that. There's also a, a YouTube video someone did. It, it basically, they walk through, you know, they're in Linux and they walk through the different 
file, the, the, the different directories as I talk about them. So they kind of overlay the, the audio on top of the video. And so that's, that's pretty cool. So definitely check that out. Um, I will see if I can dig out a link to that there. I think I put a link to that previously, but I will see if I can dig that out. So, uh, but thank you, Tom. I do, I do appreciate you sending that along. All right. Last one here is from Patricia and Patricia says, hello, chess. I just wanted to say that you were doing such a tremendous thing for the Linux community. I like your easygoing and down to earth and down to earth attitude. Your, sh your show is pleasant, fun, short, and informative. Please keep up the great work. Well, thanks, Patricia. That's a very nice email, and I'm glad that you're enjoying it. And that's my goal is to keep them, you know, short and helpful and, and sort of, you know, informative and, and fun. You know, I don't have a co-host to do the playful banter thing, but, you know, hey, hopefully uh, hopefully that you can find some, some little goodies here in the episodes. And uh, I do want to flesh out some of my just my experiences and talk about things, you know, as I do from time to time. So that's something I'm going to work on. But in the meantime, you know, I do really want to focus on these these topics for new users. I think people are finding them very helpful, and, uh, and you know, I think I can hopefully explain some of this stuff in, in a pretty easygoing manner, and and uh, and hopefully hopefully help out people. And so that's what I'm that's what it's all about. So thank you, Patricia. And with that, I think it's time to wrap up the show. Okay, well, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for bearing with me during my, my this little delay here. And, uh, you know, it's a pretty short and sweet episode, I realize, but I wanted to get something to you. And uh, I think that this, you know, these little commands, hopefully you'll find helpful. I definitely want to come back to this idea of these uh, commands from time to time. I just think it's kind of fun because there are so many cool and helpful commands that... Uh, that, that, and that's what really distinguishes Linux, I think, from so many other operating systems. It can be so powerful, and there's so many things you can do in the terminal that I'd like to kind of flesh that out as best I can. So uh, let's see. Uh, you can send me uh, feedback, uh, listener tips, and uh, voicemail and all that good stuff. You can send it to linuxreality at gmail.com. You can just you know record an MP3 or an AUG and shoot it my way. You can also call that listener hotline at 206-338-6359. And there's also the free, the, the audio web-based recording software. There's a link to that in the right-hand column on the Linux Reality homepage. Um, next week, um, I've got a couple ideas, so I'm not quite sure which way I'm going to go. It may be the, the uh, Fedora thing, uh, so it may be a couple other things. Some folks have asked me to do an episode on Slackware. <laughs> I'm sort of torn on that. I can't decide which way to go on that, but that may be something that we'll have to do at some point as well, so we'll see. But uh, until then, I hope you all have a great week and a great weekend upcoming, and I'll catch you all next time. Bye-bye.